0: Abundance, abundance of love, abundance of, of grace, oh, oh, oh. down to that cross, you, you took my, my place. place, oh God, you paid my ransom, my ransom, love, your life. love, you keep my abundant life. Abundant Life, Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people, now, Here's Pastor Scott. Uh, This morning in Acts chapter 1, that familiar verse 8, the Bible says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Have Power, pray with me. God, thank you for the Holy Ghost. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would captivate my heart and my mind. Anoint me to say the things that you'd have me to say. By your spirit, God, I pray you take control of my voice and let me only say the things that would honor you and be sound doctrine. God, we come needing to hear from you, so we ask you to speak to us now from your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I love the old songs of the church, I think that whatever you were doing when you first got saved ought to be a special, especially special to you, uh, because it it, it was a, a transitional time in your life. That's why, I, even though I preach mostly out of the New Living Translation, I still read every day out of the King James Version because I love the poetry and the majesty of the book. It it sounds like God talking to me when I first started reading God. But anytime anybody says something about power, if you were saved in the '80s, and you can remember that far back. Uh, th- there's one song that ought to pop to your mind. What What is it right off the bat? Oh, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, we used to sing it. Dean and Connie were there with me, and the youth would always just take over on that song. They would say, "There is power, power, oh, big time Baptist." Car. Wonder-working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. The and then the what the youth would just take over because when they say, there is power, we say, there is power, 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 wonderworking power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, But, boy, the youth would just come flying out of their seats. But I want to tell you this. It is absent in reality. And, sadly, it's not even talked about that much in churches Today or by Christians today. But if you have any piece of salvation at all, because the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that if you have, if you have none of the Holy, if you have not the Holy Ghost, you're none of his. So guess what every Christian has? Or you're none of his. So, and if you've got the Holy Ghost means you're Christian. Guess what you got on the inside of you? Oh, pow, 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 pow. Wonder working. You got power in the Holy Ghost, but the sad reality is the average Christian has got the power so covered up with the grease, the dirt, the filth, the carnality, the flesh of the world that is not visible to those around us. We ought to be, I've told you, the greatest, the greatest, Compliment you'll ever get as a Christian is if you see somebody walks up to you random and says, I don't know what it is about you, but you just, there's something different about you. Are you are you one of those born-again's? You ought to just rejoice and run around the block. Well, not the block naked, but your prayer closet. And, and just shut. You say, why do you always say that, Pastor? Because when God created man and woman, they were perfectly right with God, butt naked in the garden, singing and dancing and running. We'll talk about that maybe Wednesday night. But to have someone tell you that there's something different about you is unique in this day and age. Because the church has done such, uh, uh, they've tried so desperately to look like the world, dress like the world, act like the world, copy the world. Even though the Bible commands us not to emulate the world, churches do it. Why? Why? More members. Why they care about more members. More members means bigger buildings. Bigger buildings means more people. More people means more paycheck. More paycheck means preacher can drive nicer and live nicer. I'll say it before for everybody in the back or those in the front that didn't hear it last time. We don't care how many people show up on a Sunday morning as long as we're doing what God called us to do and reaching this community with the love of Jesus Christ. We know God is smiling over abundant life. Oh, man, Uh, God is at work in my life. And I want to tell you, I've told you before, I'll tell you again. We definitely don't have the nicest parking lot in the world. That's why a lot of ladies won't come to church here that have, you know, high-dollar shoes because, you know, you step in that gravel, that's over. You messed up your stiletto at that point. That's why I told you all, wear your slides to church. Put your good shoes on when you sit down. If you want to wear good shoes, bring them. Uh, like, like real basketball players, they carry their cork shoes. in a, They don't wear their basketball shoes on gravel. And listen, but we, we don't have a lot of people. They worry about how, how the gravel is. We don't have the best parking lot. We don't have the greatest preacher. We don't have the greatest buildings. But I can tell you a couple of things that we do have. We've got a pastor that is truly born again by the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I have no doubt about that. I'll stand before God, and I'll be embarrassed for a lot of things, but when we used to ask people this question all the time the the great D James Kennedy came up with this uh witnessing program called EE evangelism explosion and he trained us how to go out and ask people if you stood before god today and he said why should i let you into heaven what would you say oh pe- people's answers to that will reveal a lot about them you can instantly tell if they're not truly well i've been a good person and uh, my mama and daddy were were were, were found a member, my granddaddy laid the cornerstone, uh, I've done the best, I hope, if they say anything other than, listen, here's my answer. And if they say anything that doesn't sound something similar to this, I don't deserve to go into heaven. I'm not good enough to go into heaven, but I believe in the old rugged cross. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and salvation by grace through faith. Mercy on people that didn't deserve it. And we, I'm, I'm thankful to, to be a member of a church that got a saved pastor. Because listen, I know lots of people pastoring church that ain't saved a bit. I don't understand why all the church members quit. I already told you all. If something scandalous was to happen to me, listen, I've been pastoring this church 22 years. If it was going to happen, it would already happen. What what did we see last week in the fifth chapter of Acts? What Gamaliel tell all the idiots, leave these people alone. If if, if it's not of God, it will fall apart. All the haters still waiting. Man, I was young and now I'm old. And I've, I've, I've been here uh, loving on the Lord, and I'm, I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. But I thank God that, that we have a church with a truly born-again. I ain't good at everything. I'm not great at anything. But I know for sure in whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. We, we, get, we got a saved preacher at Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. Don't ever. If something did happen, don't be one of these half-hearted Christians. They quit. It's all the people. Once Jimmy Swagger came out paying hookers, everybody. Well, I, I just. I can't go to church anymore. I, I'm devastated in my. don't have your faith in a human being. Man, new birth fell apart. Uh, when when Eddie Long when they, they found out Eddie Long was sexing up little boys and all, all the church wanted to quit, uh, they should have looked at the fact his wife didn't go to the same church with him for the last ten years. Hey, I tell you one thing. That's why I love the fact. If, if anybody wants to know something bad about me, it'd be my mom and my sister who've been at this church for over twenty years. They would listen, and both of them, they don't like me all the time. Shocking, I know. They're both so holy that if I was doing something shady, they wouldn't quit the church God had them at. They'd just tell all y'all what was going on and say, well, boy, "We boy need to get itself together." But I thank God. God is moving in my life. God, I'm more in love with God than I've ever been today, and I thank God for being real. In my life. He's renewed my vision. He's renewed my purpose to do everything he put in me to do. And, and I, I want to tell you, let God be God in your life. Get back to where you need to get back to. If you ain't ever been there, find a way to get there. I, I love what uh, the the uh, amazingly holy praying man, Dr. Harold G. Hudson uh told us all the time uh, at, at Westside Baptist Church on 7, 7775 Hurlong Road on the west side of Jacksonville. He used to say, Christians have the wrong idea what backsliding is. Backsliding don't necessarily mean you're out there drinking, drugging, and hoeing. He didn't say it like that. But I mean, You know, he had a little education. He said, a backslider is anyone who is not as close to God today as they've ever been at any other point in their life, because by very definition, if you're ever closer to God than you are right now, you have slidden back. Do you understand that? Oh, man. So here's what I've been encouraging people to do at this church for the last 21 years. I patented this word. I coined it. You ought to pay me royalty anytime you hear somebody say it or you use it. Christians need to stop backsliding. It's time for the true Christians to do what? We need to front slide. And I want to encourage you today, if there's any room at all for a front slide in your life, get in on the good stuff. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. Position yourself. Stop doing what you ought to stop doing. Start doing what you ought to start doing. Fall in love with Jesus again because I've been like John Travolta. Some of y'all have too. I don't even know if he sang this. He sang it at some point. I know he was looking for love where, in all the wrong places. I, I've been like Solomon. I, I've I have looked I've looked for it in women, in wine, in, in every type of wrong place. And listen. There ain't nothing in the bottom of a bottle of alcohol, liquid, pills, drugs, smoking, inhaling. There is nothing that can do you as good as Jesus. They had it right when they said, Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. And can't nobody. uh, Oh, y'all gonna say it or we ain't gonna leave here today. Can't nobody. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. There, there is nothing that you will ever find. You can look. Oh, where are you at? Uh, in your seat. Praise the Lord. Always on, on his point. I, I, I love it when I hear John. I call him John the Baptist because he'll throw Bible at you. I love it when John Harris uh, says, uh, searched all over. Couldn't find what? Couldn't find nobody. Couldn't. Boy, Varshawn sang that song to the world and gave us that concept. You can search all over. You can go up to the highest mountain. Still can't find nobody. Why? Because there is nobody like Jesus. If you know Jesus even a little bit, you're ahead of everybody else on the planet. you got something that the whole world needs to have, and you ought to rejoice. I was telling the deacon uh, staff this morning, the elders and the deacons uh, in my office, Before we prayed and came out here, that if you understand salvation, you understand what the Bible says is our blessed hope that is the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. One glad morning when this life is over, I'm going to do what? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is going to just lean over and tell Jesus, just like Michael English and the Brooklyn tab said, Go get my children. Gabriel's going to sound that trumpet, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the, uh, to meet the Lord in the sky. We're going to live with Jesus. I don't really mean it because I'm going to be so in awe to, just to see him. I'm going to be fell out crying for millions and millions of, of millennia. Uh, but uh, all these bold people, well, I got a few questions I'm going to ask. No, you don't. When you see those eyes of fire, when, 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 when you see those, those nail-pierced hands, when you see the love in his eyes of your Savior, you ain't going to ha- But if I was going to ask a question. What took you so long? The Bible, people are like, if the Lord tarry. Every time so I hear somebody say, if the Lord tarries, the Bible says he shall not tarry. I'm going to believe that's true against everything I feel in the natural. He said I go to do what for you? Well, what's taking so long? I'm sure he's finished. I mean, he created the whole world in six days. It didn't take him 2,000 years to make me a little shack somewhere. He's finished with the place he's preparing for us. He just ain't finished with the mission that he has for us. He said that we're on a, well, we call it the great commission. I like to call it a commission because it was his mission to seek and save that which is lost. And he told us that we got to go out and preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. And the good news is for all of the uh non-public speakers in the world, for all of the painful introverts in the world, for all of the extroverts that aren't bold about sharing their faith. I got three words for you. Because, listen, it's hard to be a bold witness for Christ until you realize these three words. We got what? We have power on the inside of us, man, the disciples were shot out and depressed. They were upset and gloomy. Jesus was telling them uh, that I must needs go and be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and die. And they were thinking, oh, we have followed you everywhere. We, I mean, I, especially I, I feel for Peter, uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John because they, they were, they own their own business. I've been an entrepreneur since I was eight years old, and they gave up their boats. They gave up their fishing nets. They cashed into business, told uh, James and John, said, Daddy, it's all on you now. We're fo- following this dude. And they followed Jesus to the end, and then he said, yeah, I'm going to die, and y'all y'all, y'all just going to be here, and I'm going to be gone. That's that's hard. They're like, What? What are you talking about? Man, we, you're supposed to establish the the, the, the the throne of David in the city of our God. You're supposed to get us out from under these oppressors. You're supposed to be the Messiah. <coughs> and they, were, they were, he could tell that they were grieved in their spirit. And he said, but I will not leave you comfortless. Uh, more, more than three people ought to say amen. I want to tell you, if you understand the, the the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you understand the New Testament or the Old Testament that God has given us, He, when Jesus left, He made a promise that He was coming back and that He wasn't gonna just leave us down here by ourselves. He said, I must go away because if I don't go away, the Father won't send the comforter. But when I go away, the Father's gonna send He knew he had been there comforted. He said, The Father's gonna send you another. Comforter, And he will be with you like I've been with you. But he'll not only be with you, he'll be on the inside of you. I want to tell you something. If you're saved, you got the power on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) See, I got got all kinds of uh, millions of things to say right now. I'm not going to say them all. But I thank God for the road less traveled. I thank God for the road he put me on. See, some of uh, y'all, and you can't classify abundant life. Either way, because you know, from week to week or service to service, is more African Americans in the room or more Caucasians in the room. They, they can, if people ask me, Was well, your church predominantly white or predominantly black? I said, Well, Sunday morning, we're predominantly uh, black most of the time. Some, you know, sometimes uh, not, uh, but on Wednesday night, predominantly white, uh, and then sometimes not most, not all the time, but <laughs> most of y'all didn't have. Uh, The amazing upbringing that I had in Christ to spend years in an all-black church, a a a church of a completely different race of mine. It got me exposed to lots of things. I remember one year we went on the men's retreat in the mountains of Georgia. It was 180 men plus me. Oh, they roared me out, too. They, they, they had a good time because there was 180 black men plus me. Uh, and they said, uh, you know what y'all used to do to us in these trees, don't you? And one guy, one guy I thought it'd be, he brought a rope. He, he threw it at me. He said, well, yeah, I brought the rope. I'm like, man, kill me quick. I'm ready to go to heaven. You ain't scaring me. But you, you get exposed to different cultures and especially church sayings. Uh, Man, if you had never been in in a deep ghetto church, you missed out on some great saints. If you never spent years in the church of God in Christ, uh, you you, you missed out on on some stuff. You you didn't hear the the preacher say, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get that power? Uh, But I want you to know if you're saved, whether you feel it or not, Jesus said, and he cannot lie, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will live inside you if you're his follower. What we got to do is we got to scrape the muck and the mess off of our lives good enough to where people see him more than they see us. The world doesn't need a piece of our mind. Nobody needs to know what Scott Becker thinks. What people need to know is what God says. They need a piece of the Lord's mind. One of the greatest examples I ever saw, we, we had a, a youth Bible study one time. And we had a game where we gave them spoons in a backyard, and they had to dig a hole big enough to set a cup down inside of. And uh, the homeowner had wet the yard really good, so it was all muddy. And they're digging and digging with these spoons. And what do you think the spoons look like at the end of it? Muddy, dirty, filthy. But they were still what? So at the end was time for the ice cream party. Ice cream came out. No new spoons. Guess what the spoons they had looked like? Dirty. So they had, they had a choice. They could eat it with their hands, which wouldn't have been right. If they wanted to do the right thing, guess what they had to do with the spoons? And what we were trying to teach them is we are like spoons. The Bible says that we are tools in the hands of the master and we need to be fit for the master's use. A dirty, muddy spoon is not fit for plunging down into some ice cream. Well, if you're Elder Jimmy, he, he don't care. She said that's true. Uh, you know, he he could have four pounds of grease on his hand. He'd eat it with his hand. But. That spoon, if it's going to be fit for using it for its purpose, has to be cleaned. Guess why most Christians today, and I'm not talking about unsaved church folk. I'm talking about really born again, saved, sanctified, fire baptized, Holy Ghost filled church folk. Guess what? Most of them aren't fit for the master's use. Why? Dirty. Need cleaning up. And if you don't hear anything I got to say this morning, here's what I got to say. Don't miss this part. Get cleaned up by the power of God's blood. Let God. Fill you with his spirit to the point with the washing of the water of the word that he pours over you to where he can say to you, as he said to his disciples on earth, you are now clean by the word that I've spoken to you. Because if we'd ever get cleaned up so we can live right, be right, act right, do right, sing right, serve right, praise right, worship right, give right and lead, then God would be more manifest in the earth and the earth need. We're people like, oh, God. i I hope I see an outpouring. Uh, you better get your spoon clean. God ain't using dirty vessels, and they didn't use dirty spoons either. But I'm super, I'm so excited, man! I tell you what, you really want to get you really want to get your mind right, boy. The greatest thing I ever did. It took me sixty years to do it. Well, I didn't have Xfinity for sixty years, uh, Comcast, whatever they call themselves this month. I told y'all last month. I looked at that Comcast bill. Cause sometimes, uh, you know, I, li- I I'm at home alone. I, I stay up late. Sometimes I go flip on the channels. They they said oh, Paul Diaz, sixty nine dollars. I'm like, oh, I got all I got. All I got to do is click a button, and I get this pay per view. I like, click. Man, my regular three hundred fifty dollar Comcast bill came in at over four hundred dollars. I told y'all last week. I told them I don't love y'all no more. I canceled Comcast. Been the greatest week of my life. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I have listened to more 80s gospel than I mean I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling out John P. Key out of the woodwork. Y'all don't even know who John John P. Key grew up right here on the west side of Jacksonville, one of the most acclaimed gospel singers in the world. But God is moving in my life. And I thank God. I want you to have one this week. You want to have one? Start listening to some stuff by the 80s. Go ahead and dust off some, some old gospel music. Get away from this. Uh, I, I talked to some people in the gospel music industry. They told me, this was years ago, decades ago, they said uh, they had to get out of it because if you want to play on the radio, you got to limit your JPMs. Now, other than the folk that I've told what JPMs are, y'all don't know what that means. But it means Jesus's per minute. And if your song, song got four minutes or less, black gospel, Eighteen minutes or less. Woo! <laughs> 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 Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. If you think Mahalia Jackson can't turn a four-minute song into an hour and a half, uh, that, well, I don't even know what that heavy said. It said Tasha, whatever her name is. Can't, Tasha Cobb just scream for an hour and a half. I saw Tasha Cobb get on stage last night. Uh, with, with B.B. and Vershawn, she took a four-minute song. It was 18 minutes, straight up. Look it up on YouTube if I'm lying. 18 minutes and one second. What was I saying? Oh, JPMs, thank you. See, y'all need to be listening. We'd be here all day. Jesus per minute. Back in the 90s, they started limiting gospel songs that made any reference at all to Jesus, the Lord, Savior, or Messiah. And they determined your song cannot have more than one JPM. You're going to sing a three-minute song, you can't mention Jesus more than three times. Well, that's just horrific. I mean, most of y'all, you know, grew up listening to worldly songs. Y'all didn't grow up riding a church bus to Sunday school. We used to sing a song, Jesus, 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 Jesus in the, Jesus at the. Jesus, 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 when the... Now, that's got way too many JPMs for the world, but it hits me right in my sweet spot. What am I saying? I'm going to this, I'm gonna get to this verse in a minute, but I want to tell you something. Dust off some of that 80s music back when they were singing about Jesus. Dust off some of that 80s gospel when, when, they, when they were talking about uh, Holy Ghost power and not all this. I am special. I am great. Listen to me eat a steak. I, that's all they're singing about. I know they don't rhyme, but I was on the fly. Let's get into it. In verse, I'm, I'm going to back up a few verses and set some context in Acts chapter 1. Why do we always got to set context? Because we're a Bible teaching church. And you need to not just hear it, you need to understand it. The Bible says, with all you're getting, get understanding. And so in verse 1, and you ought to be reading the book of Acts this month. It's our book of the month. Uh, Every month I share with you what book I'm reading, and I don't know how many times I'll get through Acts this month. Uh, It's a long book, um, but I'll read through it, uh, not for speed, but for application and understanding, and I encourage you to do it as well. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In my first book. I told you, Theopolis, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Y'all watch how, how brilliant the people at Abundant Life are, theologians, uh, fake doctorate degrees in, in, in theology. I just hand them out like dishwater. Uh, everybody else is doing it these degree mills. I may as well do it too. Um, in my first book, all right, who, who, who's this talking? Who wrote the book Acts? Smart people. Who? What was his first book? You just gave the answer. <laughs> so here, here is the here is Luke talking to Theophilus. Now, now watch this. Watch how even smart people can cannot have all the answers. Who is Theophilus? <laughs> you was telling me something about. She always right. He wasn't saying that. He, she she reared back. No, He didn't say that. Uh, but you're all right. We don't know who this dude is. And listen, if, if you don't know, uh, the great Charles Spurgeon said, where God remains silent on a subject, good people do well to do the same. Now, we're not going to try to make up who this guy is. Well, I mean, other than Sonia, she's going to make it up. But we're not going to try to make up who it is. But he's somebody, right? It's a person. I'm going to guess he identified as a man since he's got a man named. Um, But he said, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and to teach. For some of y'all that have been around for a while, um, how many people can guess? Now, I know this is not Wednesday night Bible study. I love Wednesday night Bible study way more than Sunday morning church because people come that want to hear. People come that want to learn, and we get to talk back and forth and have open discussion. Um, Somebody, uh, maybe you can guess, maybe you know. Uh, Anybody got an idea? What is my favorite uh, tidbit? What is my favorite point uh, about Luke writing the gospel of Luke and Acts? He's a Gentile. He's the only Gentile to write any portion of God's word. He's the only non-Jew to write any portion of God's word. And I love the fact. Think about how all them racist Jews had to feel. When they were just condemning everybody, uh, you know, withstanding other apostles to the face saying you shouldn't eat with Gentiles and just just racially divided. And, and then God said, uh, it, it, yes, yeah, salvation is to the Jew first, but also to the non-Jew. Anybody glad that God loves people of more than one race? It's good for your heart. You ought to try. But he, Luke tells his friend. He said, in in, in the first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Verse 2, he said, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Every one of these verses could be preached on for hours and hours and hours. If you ever decide, and, and I got at least one person in the room who is... Uh, surging toward uh, becoming a theologian and and immersing uh, themselves in the Bible so much to where they really get a good handle on the Bible. But if you ever really get deep in theology, you're going to start reading books by people like Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote a book on five verses in the book of Galatians, and it took him 11 years of study to put it together. You're going to read through the book of Acts in one month. How about that? But there's so much that could be said in each one of these verses. He's he's talking about everything that Jesus did until the day he was taken up to heaven. So guess where Luke believed Jesus went to after his death. Hallelujah. I hope you believe that. It's the thing that makes our religion different, better, and the only true religion in the world is every other religion. Church has a dead founder. Every other religion has a dead founder. You could go to Medina and dig up the founder of Islam. You could go dig up some oriental grave and dig up the founder of Confucianism. You could go uh, to the graveyard at uh, on Blandy Boulevard behind the mall, and you could see the grave of the founder of uh, southern rock and roll. I mean, you can dig them all up. Y'all don't know who that is. Tell them, Dina, she was a real drunk in her day. She'd go out there, bottles of whiskey. They had to be setting bottles of whiskey out on that gravestone. Uh, listen, every cult leader and every religious leader died, was buried, and they're still where they were left except one person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the only resurrected Messiah, the only true God that ever visit this planet. Oh, he was taken up into heaven after doing what? Giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. Now, I tell you all the time, the Bible says for itself, we have these stories for our, so that we can learn from them. We have, when we read this, you ought to understand, okay, well, these people's lives should be examples to us because what God did then, he'd do now. And Jesus gave his apostles, chosen apostles, there's a whole lot of preaching to do there. Keep coming. We'll get to it. He gave his chosen apostles further instructions. If he gave them further instruction, guess what he, he desires to give us? Mm. Sad most people living off yesterday's faith. Oh, pastor, I, I, was, I was saved. I was, I was Baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. According to Acts 2 and 8, in 1975, I was part of the Jesus movement. Uh, listen, great. Oh, I used to teach, I used to deek, I used to this. I, great. Jesus said, pray, give us this day our day. That's yesterday's news. You can't you can't live off to yesterday's faith for today's blessing. We we need further instruction. Say further. Further instruction. Verse 3 says, during the 40 days after his crucifixion, comma. What I want you to do when you see a comma? Pause. Pause. Pay attention to the punctuation when you read the Bible. It's going to perfect your comprehension. You're going to understand it better. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, comma. So what, what do we know? No, I, I won't even wait to, ta- to get it because we're almost out of time. What we know is that Jesus didn't cease to exist when he was crucified. And we know that there was a set period of time. Next phrase says he appeared to the apostles from time to time. There was a set period of time from the time that Jesus was, died on the cross um, before he ascended to his father, and that's that period of time was how long? Doctor degrees for everybody that said forty days. He appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Now I've told you the scripture says God is not a respecter of person. That it, 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 the old church is saying it is no secret what God can do, what He's done for others. He'll what? Hallelujah. And if, if this is what he did then, this is what he'd do now because he never changes. He's consistent. He's immutable. He can't change. And he appeared to his followers from time to time. Guess what the Lord wants to do for you from time to time? Oh, I saw it this morning, the Hardy's drive-thru. Hallelujah. He appeared to me this morning, the hardy's drive-thru. Uh, what he look like? I don't know. I was too busy crying and telling him how much I love him to look at him. I didn't He didn't come in bodily form. Uh, if, if I could see him in bodily form, I wouldn't need faith. We'll get to that in a minute. But he wants to appear to you. When's the last time you felt the presence? Who sang that song? It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't McClurkin. Who, who sang that uh, song? The presence of the Lord is here. Who sang it? I thought, no, it wasn't Donnie McClurkin. But I can feel it into what? Oh, you need to get that song on your playlist right now. When's the last time you really felt the presence of the Lord? Is here. I can tell you from me, Hardy's parking lot this morning, and and uh, hey, I'm gonna tell you what. If I if I if I don't feel it between now and the time I, I say go, uh, I'm gonna walk straight to my office. And guess what's gonna be in my office? The presence of the Lord. I uh, leave y'all alone. He. Wants to appear to you, not just once, but from time to time. And he wants to prove to you that he is alive. Mm, You better get that song on your plate, is he's alive? Who sang that? Was that Dallas Dallas Home? Hallelujah. He, He proved it. The Bible says that he showed himself alive after many infallible proofs. One time he showed himself to more than 500 believers at once. People think it was the miracles at Pentecost, signs and tongues and all that stuff that grew the church. That's not what grew the church. A bunch of people walking around wide-eyed saying, did you hear? Did you hear? Jesus is alive. I saw. Listen, if somebody walked in that door right now that you saw die uh, some time ago, you better believe anything they tell you unless it disagrees with the Bible. He proved to them that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about what? The kingdom of God. The Bible says that John the Baptist came preaching the kingdom of God. The Bible says when Jesus began to preach, he preached, guess what? The kingdom of God. After they killed him. After he laid dead for three days and he raised himself from the power of the grave, guess what he was still talking to him about? Well, my sciatica and my, my, listen, we're so full of complaining. If we could get Jesus on the main line and talk to him all about, uh, talk about him all day and all night, then he would be telling us about his kingdom. We need to get kingdom minded. Uh, I'm running out of time. Look at verse 4. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, sometimes we hold on for stuff for a long time, and we don't see it come to pass and we step right into that proverb that says hope deferred makes the heart sick when you've been believing for something for a long time and and you don't see it come to pass your your heart gets weary about it how many y'all know god's followers have been believing in messiah coming for thousands of years these disciples have believed that Jesus was going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And I hope you're believing God to do something in your life. But if it hasn't happened, I want you to get it hasn't happened yet mindset. Get you a yet mindset because everything that he promised, he's going to do. And he, he told them, you are about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. Listen how churchy these people were. These people had the greatest privilege in all of the world. They got to eat and live and watch and be friends with and have a personal relationship with the greatest human being, the only God that ever manifested in the flesh on a day-in, day-out basis, some of them for as much as about 18 months. And, 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 and still they didn't get it. Don't feel bad if you don't get it all. They didn't either. They, they kept asking him, Lord. Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They didn't understand as grown men after being with the Lord for years what my children understood their whole lives. If, if they asked me something that they had already asked me before, i give them this one. Don't make me repeat myself. I, first time, every time. Uh, I, people that are... Uh, in a position of authority, should never have to repeat themselves. If Sonia says, Cedric, go to the store and buy me some milk, what ought he to do? That's right. How many times should she have to ask him? "No, No, just do what. You're supposed to do. Listen to people when they're they're talking. They kept asking him. You can only keep asking somebody if you've asked before and they didn't answer. Listen, if you ask the Lord for it and he didn't answer, one good promise is he told us we can keep asking. But if you ask him and he put that eye on you, there's a reason he didn't answer you yet. Some of y'all begging God to do something for your life that would destroy you. Uh, What was that boy's name? Well, I wish I'd have never listened to anything but Christian music out of the 80s. Uh, I don't even know who sang it. Some country music star. Y'all know. So, somebody knows. He says, sometimes God's greatest. Yeah, th- thank you. Sometimes God's greatest. Listen, you better understand. Some, who, who sang that? Alan Jackson? Garth Brooks? Who said Garth Brooks? Oh, okay. I thought it came from over there. I'm like, what, what African-American said Garth Brooks in this church? <laughs> <laughs> they got. he got some fans I better, y'all better know sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer you begging God to give you something to kill you they kept asking him for something Lord well here's what they asked him has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom Lord I hate that y'all are time conscious I want, I want to make sure that you get it they kept asking him to restore what What's wrong with that, Bible theologians? We don't have a kingdom. We don't have a kingdom. We have a king. And a kingdom, theologically and naturally, is any place where there is a king ruling and reigning over subjects. And they they just like us. They they want they were in it for their freedom. There's so many people right now. Listen, more down and out people go to church than, than any other kind of people. And it ain't because God don't love everybody. It's because preachers can get away with lying to, to people that are desperate. You might be the janitor now, but God about to raise you up. You might be on the bottom. You can't tell somebody living in Ponte Vedra, Florida, in a $17 million oceanfront mansion that one day God's going to see your trouble. God going to see your... They're like, I'm already the owner. So many people are conning God, trying to follow God because they just want life to get better for them. These Jews were under the oppressive foot of persecution from the Roman government and they wanted Jesus in large part just to get their deliverance. We got a word for that in in modern language. It's called uh, praying to the porcelain God. How many of y'all remember them days? Whole room, my sister <laughs> hands up, whole room spinning. Can't lay down because you, you know you gotta, you gotta throw up. You're on your knees, whole bathroom so you puked up everything. Dry here. Oh Lord God, if you just let me, <laughs> gee, gee, I sir, just be, be, make it stop, God. That's the same thing they're praying. When you gonna give us our kingdom? When you gonna put Jews back on top? We're tired of these Israelis. Are we tired of these Romans? When are you go put Israel back on top. Too many people are looking to Christianity to get their own fix. Let me tell you something. We are not in this for ourselves. We are in this for the advancement, the promotion, the glorification, the magnification, the exaltation of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. You ever hear somebody say, well, my truth is, mark that down as a liar. only person that has truth is God. His truth is not subjective. It is straight, left, right. Listen, you better get right and go straight. It ain't our kingdom. It ain't our truth. Well, that might be what it means to you, but I have my own truth. No, you don't. And it ain't what it means to me. Because if it's if it's my deal, then it, it probably ain't God's deal. It better be God's deal and his alone. When you when is the time? When you gonna hook us up? Verse seven, he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. That now that's 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 you know, that's old school speak for shut up. That's old school speak for Nanya. you what? That ain't an S in the middle of that word. Business. business. That's none of your business. That's what he told them. He told them this is an A and B conversation. Do what? See your way out of it. Hey, you ain't got nothing to do. Some of y'all want to know what's next, what's down the road. You're not even doing what's now. How many times I got to say you can't get to what's next till you do what's now? When, when are you going to start doing the things that you know to do? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Stop waiting on, well, Pastor, when's God going to come through for me? Stop waiting on God to come through for you. He did more at the cross than we could have asked him to do. He already did the big thing, the best thing, and the only thing we need. When are we going to come through for him? He said, hey, you're thinking about the wrong thing again. That's what's wrong with the church now. When are we going to pave the parking lot, Pastor? Never. These missionaries depend on a check from us every month to eat, to live, to spread the gospel to the four corners of the earth. That's my selfish wall. Why is that selfish, Pastor? We're giving away to people spreading the gospel. Yeah, but I got a plan because I read the book. And the book says, Jesus ain't going to come back until this gospel will be first preached to the ends of the world. And I'm not going to Liberia. I'm going to go to the Philippines. I'm not going to Liberia. I'm not going to Ecuador, Belgium, India, Belize, Nicaragua, Romania. But listen, we're sending money so they can hurry up and get the job done so we can get to heaven. Because if you think life here has had some good times, wait till you get to the other side. He, he said... Mm, that's, that's that's not for you to know. The time when's the Lord gonna come back? When He comes back, my kids ask me, "Are we are we, are, are are we there yet?" Uh, we we'll be. Yeah, my kids know uh, we'll be there when when we get there. Now put them headphones back on. And stop talking to me. I'm praying or listening quietly. Now we're to the verse, verse eight. But see, they're asking one thing, but He's throwing uh, something else at them. Y'all remember conjunction junction? He said, but, he's going to tie these things together. He said, but you, you want to know about your kingdom? Nah. You want to know about the time where you're going to get out from under? Nah. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You want to know when something good's going to happen for you? Once you start telling people everywhere about Jesus, once you start being a witness uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you look on a map, uh, these are expanding concentric circles, getting further and further away from their hometown. That's that's in your city, in your state, in your country, and to the ends of the earth. That's what. God has sent the Holy Spirit for so somebody. Think about it in your mind. We don't have time to talk this out. Maybe we'll do it on Wednesday. What is if, if I asked just off the rip? Not trying to trick him, but I just go to any any full gospel, <laughs> full gospel, full gospel church, and I ask them, "What is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost?" What are they going to say? Speaking in tongues. And yeah, sure, okay, for sure. Pastor, you believe in speaking in tongues? Yeah. But I I believe in the Word of God, and the Bible says in the corporate setting it should be by two or three at the most, and they should take turns, which means you can't all be screaming at the same time, and one should interpret. And if there's no interpreter, they should hold their peace, which means you can't interpret yourself. And I believe what God inspired Paul to say to the church at Corinth, that I'd rather say ten words. With understanding, so you can know what I'm talking about in the congregation in ten thousand words, where you can't be edified through it. So, are tongues real? Yes. Is, is tongues an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. But, but what else is? Is that the only power that there is? No. Bold witness. Say bold witness. Listen. See what happened to the apostles, where they went from being not filled with the Holy Ghost because they still had Jesus. Jesus leaves. Then at Pentecost, God sends the Holy Spirit to indwell them. uh, We see Peter before the Holy Ghost being a coward, being scared to even admit that he even knows Jesus, uh, pronounced a curse on himself if he even knew who Jesus was. To a little girl, he was scared to death. They were hiding from Romans, scared to death. But after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, He became the bold preacher at the day of Pentecost, and he told the people that could execute him, not just some little girl by a campfire, he told them, ye men of Israel, hear me well, this same Jesus who you killed. He went from being a bumbling coward to a bold witness for Jesus. What was the difference? He got filled with the Holy Ghost. I've told you many times, you want to do, you really want to find out what it means to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Just go to blueletterbible.com, any other search engine you got, Bible Bible study tool, and search filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it'll say, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake in tongues. More times than that, it'll say, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So, evidence of the Holy Ghost? Tongues? Yeah. Bold witness? Yeah. Other things too, how can you tell? Let me ask you this. How can you tell if a tree's an orange tree or a tangerine tree? You gotta look at the fruit. Unless you're just a botanist or a environmentalist or whatever they call. Um but the fruit declares the root. The, the fruit on the outside, when Jesus talks about they'll know you by your fruit, it's what they can see visibly on the outside of you that shows what's happening on the inside of you. I'm going to tell you, I've met so many people that swear up and down that they're filled with the Holy Ghost, but they're as mean as the devil. You might have had an experience with the Holy Spirit years ago. You might have been filled with the Holy Ghost, but what God tells us in the book of Ephesians, keep being filled. Uh, It's time for a fresh fill-up. We need fresh fire to to live in this day and age. You you can tell what a tree is by looking at the fruit. So God told us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is speaking in tongues, playing with your spiritual gifts, talking about how much money God blessed you with, looking down your nose at everybody who ain't been delivered from whatever you've been. No, it doesn't say any of those things. It says the fruit... The evidence, the proof, what people can see of the spirit in your life is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. I said gentleness already. I'm I'm quoting out of two different versions. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Let me tell you what these things do. They don't magnify you. You walk around being filled with the Holy Ghost to where you are kind and loving, tolerant, patient, where you have self-control. I had somebody tell me, I was waiting on the Lord to bless, uh, to, to kick that self-control in. Uh, well, you kind of need to look at those two words. It don't say the Lord control. It don't say the Holy Ghost control. It says self-control. You got no self-control. You're not filled with the Holy Ghost. If, if, if you don't have, If you don't have all those things... Uh, showing forth in your life, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. You you might have had been filled with the Holy Ghost, but there's lots of different ways. Uh, Pete, Paul, the man God used to write almost half of the New Testament, Paul, when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, th- the Bible doesn't say he spake with tongues and played with his spiritual gifts and, and, and went around doing all types of magic and signs and wonders. Read it in in Acts chapter 9. Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he got delivered from what was blinding him. There is no one evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost, because if it is, you've got to believe the apostle Paul was never filled with the Holy Ghost. And you make great mistake in that bad theology and lots of other people in the Bible. It is a and evidence. Say an evidence. Verse 9, we get out of here. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. And they could no longer see him. What a glorious story. Come on, Victor. Jesus, think about this. He died. They're depressed. They're hiding from the persecutors. They they killed him. We're going to be next. He comes back to life, shows himself to them, hangs out with them, eats meals with them, uh, talks to them, does miracles in front of them, teleports in front of them. Just amazing stuff. And they're sitting there talking to him, and all of a sudden, there he goes, ascension. He was taken up. He was just lifted up in bodily form into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. Would that's glorious and sad all at the same time? That's glorious that they were there hearing the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, but just imagine when he's gone, and they couldn't see him anymore. tell you about us. I said, these are stories are for example. We can't see him. I got no problem with Oral Roberts. I, I, I've lived long enough to know now you get old, your mind starts to get a little crazy. Amen? You, see, you, you, you think stuff that may... I, I, how many of y'all... Oh, now listen, don't, don't say it. You, you got to be at least 50, 60, 70 to get to this place in life where, where you honestly ever had to think in your mind. Did I say that out loud, or was I just thinking that in my head? Yeah, see, you got get some years on you. Uh, you know, Oral told everybody he saw a 90-foot-tall Jesus came into his hospital room. Hospitals don't have 90-foot-tall ceilings. What well, was he crawling on the floor? I ain't mad at Oral Roberts. But, no, no, he's had some age on him. You know, he medicated, hooked up all kinds of machines. I don't believe he saw Jesus Christ, a 90-foot-tall Jesus, in bodily form. And I want to tell you this. Some of y'all think y'all seen Jesus in bodily form. Well, he walks with me and he talks with me. And the Bible says still small voice in, on the inside. People tell me stuff thinking that it'll make me think, and I don't know why you care what I think, make, make, make me think that they're deep in the Holy Ghost. But well, the Lord came to me. And stood in front of me, and we had a conversation. Um, Okay. Well, the Bible says that you can't please God without what? Faith. Faith and sight are two different things. If you got to see it to believe it, then you're not truly deep in the Spirit at all. If you believe it without seeing it, that's when you really got something going on. Listen to what Jesus said in the end of John's Gospel, in John 20, 29. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Listen to this promise that is to you if you're saved. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I want to tell you something. If you believe in Jesus Christ today and you haven't seen him, God calls you blessed. And I want you to know when we get ready to leave this place, if you can believe in a God you've never seen, that he calls you blessed. Verse 10 says, as they strained, they didn't want to see him go. They're looking. After my wife died, me and the boys, on Mother's Day, we took some balloons and bought some Happy Mother's Day balloons to a mother that they didn't have anymore. and We went outside and we wrote, I love you, Mom, on it. And, you know, I was crying and they were just playing with balloons. Two and four years old. And we let those balloons go felt like those apostles. I just kept looking. I knew those balloons weren't going to find my wife. I knew those balloons weren't going to, you know, they ain't going to go but so high. Uh, But I thought, well, it's kind of like the apostles. I I watched them. I didn't walk away. I just stood there and the kids were tugging on me. I said, let's just keep watching. And I watched them until they were gone and I couldn't see them anymore. And I thought about the apostles and I thought, you know, they kept looking, they kept looking, they kept looking. And then they couldn't see them anymore. They strained to see him rising into heaven. And as they did that, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Listen to what they said in verse 11. Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. Listen to this great promise. But someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Just as he was... Taken up off this earth into a cloud. One day he's going to come down. Same way bodily. He was resurrected in bodily form. He's going to come back in bodily form. And you wanna, you're talking about people think they've seen Jesus. Let me tell you something. We live into that day. We're going to see Jesus. He's going to be high and lifted up. And he's coming back for us. He said, one day you're going to see him. I'm closing with this. Do you believe he's coming back? you got to believe that he rose from the dead to believe that he's alive, that he can come back. And the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's what being saved is. If you believe he's coming back, here's the question. Are you looking for him? Are you looking for him? When's the last time you really with anticipation thought. This could be the day. This could be the day. This could be the day. When Gabriel sounds that trumpet. Oh so deep in this thought this week. I can't even express it to you. With words. He's coming back. The Bible says this is our. Our. Blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know for sure he's coming back. I wish it was today. But I've made a determination and I hope you'll make a determination. too. I'm going to look for him every day. I'm going to look for him every day till he comes. I to look for him every day with anticipation. The Bible says that there's a crown of righteousness laid up for us if we are anxiously anticipating the return of the. Guess what you won't be doing if you're looking for him to come back? You won't be living shady, you won't be doing dirt, you won't be cheating. You won't be slipping, tripping. You you won't be creeping and dodging. You won't be ignoring your word. You won't be giving up on prayer. If you are looking for him, oh, the Bible says, blessed is that servant who when the master comes shall find him so doing. I tell you what, when God comes back, I want to be so doing. I want to be doing everything he called me to do. He's going to come back. I've had more hurt in my life than I could ever tell you about. Boy, people, people say, I've had people say, why don't you get over? Your wife been dead over 6,000 days. But I still wish I could bring her back. I was always against cloning until she died. I told my sons. If they could just even get a close copy. I know what it feels like to wish that somebody could come back. But I ain't looking for her to come back. Because she ain't coming back for me. But I know this. The Bible says that God cannot lie. And he said he go prepare a place for us and he will come again and receive us to himself. And I want to tell you something, it may be today, it may not be today. I've been waiting for a long time, but I'll say what the Bible says, we're nearer than when we first believed. We're closer to that day than we were yesterday, church. And we need to live every day in anticipation. And get your life right. If you're here and you're not saved, stop waiting. You must run away too long, you get caught slack and missing. Make sure you're saved. If you're saved, make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I've had so many people say, Pastor, how can I know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit if I never spoke in tongues? I told you when Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, he didn't speak in tongues. Ultimately, he did, but not as the initial evidence. We, we've taken that in certain denominations and made it to believe that's everybody's story every time. When, when the Bible plainly says that all don't speak in tongues, all don't have the gift to teach, all don't have the gift of mercy, different gifts. God gives to different people as he chooses. So how do you know? Last thing I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pray. Whenever somebody's filled up on something, you can just see it all over them. I think some of the greatest examples of this are grandmothers. You catch a grandmother when that grandbaby walks in the room. She don't have to tell you, I love this little girl. Y'all catch Dina Miranda walks in the room. She's a different person. She, she's usually very attentive. Even when Miranda, I'm not saying she's ever not attentive, but she could be right in the middle of listening to me tell her the next 15 things we need to do. As Miranda walks in, the whole atmosphere changes. She doesn't have to tell me that's my grandbaby, and I'm in love with this child. It's just all over her. Man, you mess around, you start talking college football. Get Rick Douglas in the room. It ain't gonna take you long to figure out. What what is it? Clemson? You big time Clemson fan? He hates Clemson. It's just all over him. Carolina Gamecock, the real USC. That's what they love to say. The real USC. Reggie Bush went to the real USC. Listen, if Wayne Dorsey wasn't wearing Chiefs gear, I wouldn't need to see him in Chiefs gear to know. He is a Chiefs fan. He ain't no casual It's just all over him. You want to talk Chiefs? You want to to find out if it's all over him? Ask him anything about Kansas City. You mess around. Ask Cheryl Carney anything about the Philadelphia 70s. It's just all over. When you get filled up with something, it's just all over you. Is the Spirit of God all over you? Every Christian in the world would agree. We need more. We need more of God. We need a greater feeling of the Holy Ghost. We need a greater outpouring of God's Spirit. God said judgment must first begin in the house of the Lord. God's not going to fill you with the Holy Spirit if you're already filled up with everything else. you won't to put a song on your playlist. I don't even know Name of the song. I just sing those those four words: "Empty me, fill me. Empty me, fill me. You got to get empty. Empty the dirt of this world off of you. Empty yourself from your 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 cultural pride. In, in, empty yourself of of your racial identity. Empty yourself." Paul said, I count all those things as nothing. I just want Jesus more than anything. Quit worrying about who you're going to vote for, what political party you're going to be. in. ain't but one king, and he's never going to live in a White House. He's too busy sitting on a throne in heaven. If you're here and you're not saved, the Bible says that if you'll search for him with your whole heart, you can be saved. Some of you have tried so many times, and it still hasn't happened for you. Well, how do I know? If you have any doubt at all about your salvation, you need to ask God to save you, and you need to just go on from there. Listen, if you don't know for sure that you're saved, you're not. If I walked out there and slapped you in the face right now, you might not know how to spell my middle name, but you'd know you've been slapped in the face. Why? Because it'd be a real thing that happened to you. You get real salvation, you ain't going to doubt it happened. I can tell you for sure on July 15, 1981, on my knees at 6956 Malden Lane off Townsend and Blanding, where they used to have big cow on the cinder block walls, Calford Dairy Farm. I bowed on my knees and I met God. I have no doubt about that. If you're not sure about your salvation, get saved. Many times in my life, I couldn't tell you I was filled, not full of the Holy Ghost. How can you be full of the Holy Ghost if you're full of yourself? You can't be. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. The Bible says God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. If you're here and you know you're a Christian, you to press into god more than you ever have in your life front slide as best you can grab hold of your bible get some good music that'll keep your mind holy ditch all that dirt you've been living stop doing stuff you shouldn't be doing embrace your role as a man or a woman of god and let god fill you up with his spirit so everywhere you go they'll say that person's been with jesus That's how the disciples turned their world upside down for Christ. Lost people in the day couldn't understand it. They said, but these are simple, ignorant, unlearned men. But The next phrase said a mouthful. But they could tell they had been with Jesus. Can people tell you've been with Jesus? Easy clue. God said, wherever your treasure is, your heart is there. What do you spend your money on? What do you spend your time on? What do you you desperately want to get out of this meeting right now so you can go do for you when God's trying to do something in you? His kingdom. His way. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for the enabling of the miraculous that you empower us with. Thank you for giving us faith to believe in you. Thank you for giving your son to save us, your spirit to indwell us, your book to guide us. God, I pray that we would get so far filled with you that we wouldn't wonder are we filled? That it'd just be all over us. That no one could come in our presence without recognizing. You said we are salt and light. Help us, God, to flavor our world and to brighten our world everywhere we go. For your kingdom, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.